The following podcast has been pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome to another episode of Mexi Mind Matters, number 77. Now, to address the initial concern that not many people are listening to this, I don't know who is coming up with these nonsense stats. My SoundCloud stats say otherwise. We are listened to in over 20 countries, and... We have many different people who listen to the show. Now, we are working on putting all of the episodes on iTunes. Now, I asked my little brother, supposedly it's a lot easier if it's just music because there's, you know, programs that allow you to do so for free. On iTunes, podcast is a little bit different. He's not entirely sure how. I would have to look into that and hopefully put them all on iTunes. Uh, I know a few people, a few of you listeners have expressed the interest in listening to all of them on iTunes. So we will do so. Stay tuned. That is in the near future. Now, we have many things to talk about right now. I am driving through the state of Minnesota. I can see why it is called the land of 10,000 lakes. There's literally a lake every exit. Like towns and cities are called or named after lakes. Detroit Lakes. I I would shoot myself if I lived in a place named after a lake. Clear Lake. Ghost Lake. Green Lake Just They're all over the place Lakes everywhere So I am In A beautiful rental car Thanks to Alamo It's a Chevy Sonic 2017 Not too shabby We Landed in Minneapolis, Minnesota The morning This morning This Friday morning and rented a car now we're driving about three hours to Fargo, North Dakota for the next marathon. Yes, I know, haha, Fargo. Yes, just like the uh, movie slash show. Anyways, a lot of things to talk about. We uh, have had many things that have occurred since the last podcast. Now, I know that Mexi had a streak of seven weeks in a row with a marathon. That was actually broken um, last weekend when I was supposed to go to Maine for the Shipyard Maine Coast Marathon. 
and a storm hit New England that weekend. Four to five inches of rain and 30 mile an hour winds. Obviously, the race director could not cancel a race beforehand. I was not going to drive 13 plus hours there and 13 plus hours back just to have the race canceled. So I had a decision to make. The Columbus Jackaroos were playing in the Louisville tournament that Saturday. So I decided to go to that instead and, you know, lose the $65 that I signed up for the race. Because I would have been more pissed if I drove there and it got canceled and drove back and wasted trying to do that state and not playing in the tournament. As opposed to, you know, just being a little bit disappointed that the race didn't get canceled. But... The decision was made the Friday before the tournament, mainly because I was going to still go to Maine unless I was able to reorganize my running schedule. And luckily, I was able to do so by putting Minnesota, moving it from October 1st, the Minneapolis Twin City Marathon, to September 9th, actually up here by this little lake town, which is drove by Detroit Lakes, Minnesota because they have a marathon around the lake on September 9th and then Sioux Falls, South Dakota that which is not too far from Minneapolis is on that Sunday. So I'll have a back-to-back in September and that would allow me to fit Maine on October 1st, Portland, Maine you know, bigger city not necessarily on the coast easier to get in and hopefully in October you know it won't be the weather won't be as bad but you know you know, one never knows but at least it's not a coastal marathon the thing with the weather was it was going to impact the shore and the coast and we were literally running along the coast of Maine yeah no I'm sorry but I'm not driving 13 hours getting soaked for six and a half and having blisters and then driving back 13 hours and losing a work day. Now, today I had an unpaid day. That's why I'm able to, you know, be up here. But, hey, I was able to work in my 40 hours a week. So, no no big deal. A lot of people at work are like, well, Maxi, how can you afford taking so many vacations? Um, they're not vacations. I'm not getting paid for these. I work my 40 plus hours. And I take an unpaid day. Problem solved. And I still have three days of PTO. Which, it's insane. I, that's an, a system error on our on my job's end uh, with the system they use, Ultra Pro. But I don't really need to point it out because if I don't point it out, I still have three days of PTO. They're not, if they're not pulling my PTO to cover the unpaid days like they're supposed to, that's not on me. Sorry. I figured that was the case because why would you give the option to select unpaid or PTO when you sign up for the request for time off if you're going to immediately pull one to cover the other. Makes no sense. But hey, what do I know? So that was last weekend, so I didn't go to Maine, but I did go to the Louisville tournament. Um, It was a good experience. The Jackaroos actually won the whole thing. We beat Nashville 
48 to 21 in the first game and then beat Ohio Valley 33 to 29. Both games we came from behind. We did not look as dominant as we should. And Coach Clyde has said it time after time. There's no team within an eight-hour radius drive time around Columbus that should be, you know, anywhere near in our league. We should be dominating any team within that eight-hour radius. And I agree. Um, I was a sub on the team. I got my game time in. Uh, And then I, I subbed in for Cleveland, who needed players, to get more playing time. Got a couple behinds. I'm, I'm content with that because I learned a lot watching. And when I was out there, for I, I would say for the first time in my three seasons, I did not feel lost. I did not feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, okay. I got to create space. I got to go here. I'm, I'm in the forward line. Everything that's talked about at practice makes more sense. And I yes, I have to improve a lot. But I like I'm trying to. I'm trying to get my my uh, you know my weight down. Trying to get my stamina up and ball skills to be useful for the team. Like as a as a small forward or a half forward, you got to be able to, as coach says, you got to be able to help the full forwards and pick up the crumbs. You're a crummer, so you have to be able to. Stay in front of the of of the contest and time your runs and and watch where the ball's going and where your full forward is so you can be front and center picking up the picking up the crumbs. So I've been watching a lot of videos about uh, this guy Eddie Betts, one of the greatest in the game in the AFL uh, and how he does it. And and I do a lot of uh, research and. Everything that Coach Clyde puts online or Sork puts online as far as clips goes, I watch them, study them to get better. And that's, and that's the point. Like, it's not, this season's not about goals. It's about being useful to the team and being able to be on the full squad at Nationals. That's the ultimate goal. I stand a better chance because of the fact that uh, it's in San Diego. And I'm, I mean, if you look at last year, I made every game, and but I especially made it to every road game. So that is something that I take seriously. And the Louisville tournament was my first official games. And this coming next weekend, a Memorial Day weekend, we'll be going to Boston. And um, Boston owes me one. Boston Demons, they owe Maxi from the last year's New York tournament. We will not lose to Boston. I will tell you that right now. Okay. So, we went to Louisville, won the tournament, uh, drove down there with Bigfooty, and Bigfooty, Robert was there, T-Bone, um, and uh, Jono, one of the new guys uh, from Indianapolis, he, uh, we well, Bigfooty likes to play the state game, where you look at the license plates and see how many different states you can name. Uh, as you drive, you know, on a particular road trip, which is kind of fun. It, keep, it get, makes the time go by. Um, so it was the first time Jono was playing it, and he guessed 14. And we're just like, dude, rookie mistake. Come on now. It, I mean, I did it 
the previous year when we started playing that when we drove down the Nationals, I thought 10 with the 10 license plates we're going to be seeing from Ohio to Florida. Oh, what, oh boy, was I wrong. It was like 38, maybe, almost 40. We saw 25 on the way down and 22 on the way back from Louisville. Um, almost lost the bet to Bigfooty. Um, these fuckers, him and Rob, were trying to bait me into a bet. And they had seen the South Carolina license plate on the way back. And I, uh, I had mentioned, you know, we're probably not going to see South Carolina on the way back because we're driving north and not heading south. They had seen one and then slowed down, and I did not pay attention. They baited me into making a bet. So then I said, you know what? Double or nothing. Bigfooty didn't want to take it unless it was decent stakes. So I said to him, okay, we will see New Jersey. And the stakes were, if I lost, not only would he get slaps, but I would buy everybody's boat races for the rest of the year. He took the bet. We saw New Jersey. Thankfully, 20 minutes before arriving home. New Jersey, I can no longer complain about you because, you know, when your heart is pure and you believe, miracles will happen. Sometimes it's just better to be lucky than good. So, wager's done with. I still say, again, Ben was still never in front of me at the marathon that we... I had to wager on. And so I'm technically still owed ice cream. But hey, that's no here, no there. Uh, speaking of wagers, uh, yesterday after practice, uh, Thornberry is back in town, you know, for a while. And leading up to the Boston game, I believe Beeks, or I forget, I don't know exactly who put up a link to a beer mile on Memorial Day Monday that we should probably do. Thornberry decided to throw it out there that if I beat him at a beer mile, he would have to run a marathon of my choosing. Okay, well, hey, done. I thought we were kidding around when we were talking about it on Facebook. But yesterday, after practice at Burns, he was kind of serious about it. I'm like, dude, really? Okay. We decided to do right then and there. Beer mile. Now, the only issue is I had to drive home to Dublin, so drinking four beers in 10 minutes, not necessarily good for business. So we agreed that I would only drink two and then drink water instead while Thornberry drank four. So, you know, fun times. You know, you miss practice. Hey, you miss a fun time at Burns and you miss a beer mile challenge. Thornberry versus Mexi. Now, why would I not take those odds? Now, see, this is why I respect Thornberry because it is completely acceptable for somebody who knows he's a better drinker and knows he's better at running a mile to make a wager that is completely favorable to the other party, me in this case, to which, I mean, I had nothing to lose. Why would I not take those odds? Because in the small chance that I did win, he would have to run a marathon. So, hey, we did it. He beat me. No harm, no foul. That was kind of rough. I mean, I've never done a beer mile before. But drinking, even even the water and the beer, like, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, the beer's harder because there's carbonation, but you're still drinking. When you drink the water, you're still getting full. And then 
running immediately. It's kind of makes you feel bloated. It's kind of not good for you. And hey, I was supposed to run a mile today anyways in prep for my marathon. So why not just do the beer mile? Now I don't have to run today. And man, but I will say I would not do another beer mile before a marathon because I could not stop shitting this morning before I got to the airport. Terrible. Terrible times. Now, again, the main difference, and this is what I've been preaching for so long. Thornberry, now you know what it feels like to win a challenge where you knew or people knew you were the favorite. Like, I was being congratulated for just merely finishing. And Thornberry was like, oh, whatever. Am I, is this all I get? Well, you were the favorite. Yeah. Kind of like, okay, he wanted me to apologize for saying I was going to throat punch him. Which I did. I mean, you know, in the heat of the moment back then, right after the Ben challenge, I was pissed at him because he said something on Facebook. You know, bygones be bygones. I apologized. But now you understand the frustration. Because, see, in this particular beer mile, it wasn't me who was clearly the underdog that came up to you and said, you know what, I could beat you at a beer mile. I can outchuck you. Pick a date and time, we'll do it. And every time I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm training. Oh, yeah, I'm drinking beer. Oh, yeah, I'm running. Just being annoying. Even though I'm not even fully training. And then you whoop my butt. No. Like, I didn't come up with the stakes. Thornberry did. Because he was so sure of himself. So, see, if I had issued the Ben challenge to Ben and said, you know what, Ben? I'm so confident in my marathon skills, I'm not even going to train. I'm going to eat pizza and drink beer the entire time. I'm going to smoke you. Shit, I'll give you, even give you a 10-minute head start. Why would you not take that, that bet? You have nothing to lose. Now, he issued the challenge. Yeah, he had nothing to lose. But at the same time, you're annoying the person whose job it is to run marathons. See, Thornberry wanted a 101 one-mile beer challenge. But I still say, because he, he brought it up yesterday, had he lost and had to run a marathon, he was not finishing ahead of me. Because that's the other thing. I'm at the point where, after the Ben challenge, I am so sure that I don't care who you are on the Columbus Jackaroos or anybody else I know. You want to throw down and finish a faster marathon time than me? Let's go. Let's put the belt on the line. But here's the thing. Here's my conditions. As I I said, we're not doing another nonsense that Ben Markham did back in back in February. No, 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 no. If you seriously think you can finish a marathon faster than me, number one, run a marathon that I can witness or at least track you for. We'll see what your time is. If your time is comparable to any one of mine, then I'll take the challenge and we'll select the race, train or not train, whatever you want to do. Have people there, have not people there. Take care of business. That is what the stipulations are going to be going forward. 
because I'm not putting up with more nonsense challenges, marathon-wise. If you bring up perfect stakes to me, I'm not going to say no. So, that being said, this morning, took the direct flight Columbus, Minneapolis. It's a two-hour flight. Time difference, it's about an hour. Got to the airport. Now, Minneapolis airport is kind of huge, which I like. Um, rented a car through Alamo. Been driving. Fargo is kind of like northwest-ish of Minneapolis. Minneapolis being more towards the one Wisconsin side of the state of Minnesota. Fargo is on the western side of the state because it touches Minnesota's touches South Dakota and North Dakota. So we gotta go northwest diagonally, about three hours to get there. We're almost there, but hey, it's been it's been a bit of a drive. Um, tomorrow's race is supposed to be in the fifties, chances of rain. I actually brought my hoodies and my jackets because I figured it'd be colder here than in Ohio. Ohio's been in the 80s recently, kind of humid, and to the point where I'm starting to get my hay fever. I usually get about two to three weeks of hay fever every other year, or it, it just depends on how humid it gets and how the weather's like, and it's always towards mid-May, beginning of June. It only lasts about two, three weeks, but it's starting to affect me, especially at practice, because I forget that I have to take my medication, and then my eyes get itchy, my throat gets all dry and scratchy and it feels like it's swelling uh, swelling up so I gotta take my allergy medication I brought it with me just in case but you know one can never be too prepared for a marathon brought my rain jacket too just in case now this would be state number 32 for Mexi um, yeah I mean I gotta get North Dakota out of the way uh, next week Vermont you know on the Saturday, Sunday of Memorial Day after our Boston game. And then we have a break, another break for Joel's wedding, and then I'll probably have three in a week, which I have to actually sign up for here soon because there I'll be flying to Salt Lake City for Idaho, Wyoming, and then I also have Denver, Colorado. Oh, speaking of Denver, Colorado, that's the other thing I wanted to bring up. So, Ben end of April, moved to Colorado. Got a job there. I don't know what the fuck he's doing over there. I'm not entirely sure what the logistics are. But here's what, and this is what drives me nuts. And I had to bring this up because it irks me. So, and it kind of goes along the lines of the challenge. So you issue a challenge. You don't prepare yourself at all. Lose the challenge. Okay, whatever. You want to be vice president of the Columbus Jackaroos. You run unopposed, get elected vice president. Oh, not even a month into the season, because the season doesn't really start until April. And you're moving, vacating the vice presidency. And so now we have a we have new elections for a new vice president, which is somebody who probably is going to run unopposed too. Talk about lack of commitment. I mean, I get that you got a new job or you got offered something in Denver. But if you really love the Jackaroos, 
why not wait till the season's over? Or at least, at least mid-season. Or if you even have plans of possibly moving, don't apply to be a vice president. Like, you're telling me that you didn't know this and then just out of nowhere, oh yeah, let me move to Denver? Jobs don't get just magically offered in a week. Preparation goes into everything. That is what's driving me nuts. Now, I will say, and it was a pretty good trade because we lost Ben and Rob Ward came back. And the last time Rob Ward did it was with the Jackaroos. We won the national title. Thornberry's back, but he not, he's not sure about nationals. But hey, it seems we're going to have a decent squad if everybody who is able to go can go. Hopefully we'll dominate. I do have to get that plane ticket for San Diego. Speaking of plane tickets that I also have to purchase, I have to get my Paris ticket because the DX winning number two is going to happen. I was contemplating making this a side note or a whole new podcast on it, but I, I, th- I think a side note is, is more worthy because, again, the one of the actual best men emailed everybody about, oh, what are the plans for the bachelor party? Blah, 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 blah. Let's do it the Wednesday before the wedding. Okay, the wedding's on a Saturday, and you want to do it on that Wednesday. First off, motherfucker, um, I'm not taking three, four days of unpaid time off. That is not happening. You are high if you really think that I'm going to take a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday, and the following Monday of unpaid time on a pay cycle because you want to do it on a fucking Wednesday in little shitty old Montresor when most people are live in Paris or coming from afar. Plus, Chris already got his plane ticket. So, yeah, no, not happening. And I'm coming from the U.S., so how about you be considerate and ask me, hey, can you be there on a Wednesday? No, I can't. I mean, if you want to do it a weekend before or Thursday, Friday night, I'm okay with that. I can show up on a Thursday early or later that evening and go from there. But on top of that, you want to play games and dance with actual cousins? Yay. Where are the strippers? I'm I'm confused. I'm, okay. I mean, what? Thank God Chris stepped in and was like, well, why don't we just get a stripper in Paris dressed as one of his famous gay, uh, video game female characters like Tomb Raider. Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking strippers. Great. Now we're actually talking what a bachelor party is supposed to be like. Speaking of bachelor parties too, now... We'll put a pin on that and circle back to it. Joel's bachelor party apparently already took place in Las Vegas. Uh, thanks for the invite, guys. Um, I guess I was either removed from the email trend or never even included because the last thing I heard was we're going to do it like the weekend before or the weekend leading up to the wedding on June 3rd. And having it, you know, be somewhat locally, but I guess a trip to Vegas was nice. Thanks for including me, jackasses. I mean, I get it. You probably knew I wasn't going to be able to go because I already signed up for races. But with proper planning, anything can be done ahead of time. I could have probably canceled a race and gone to Vegas, but nobody asked me. 
It's the thought that counts. At least ask. Have the decency to ask. And then circle back to the DX wedding. Just assuming it's going to be on a Wednesday in Montresor because everybody's going to be there. No. It's a small village in the middle of France that's about an hour train ride away from Paris. Why on earth would we be there more than four days? Well, actually, not even more than four days. Hold on. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, no. I'm not spending a week there. So... Since everybody's going to have to fly to Paris and then probably take the train together, why not just do it somewhere in Paris because everybody lives there and then just go down for the actual wedding? Like, Jesus Lord, use your brain, people. Oh, but that's what happens when I'm not the best man, as promised. Solo Digo hashtag Lokesea. Now, Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, um, not too, mm, not my cup of tea, but you do have to get North Dakota out of the way. So, and I'm not, I'm driving there. I'm noticing, okay, for the one, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, earlier on in the podcast, all these lakes are around. There's literally nothing from Minneapolis to at least where I'm at right now, close to Fargo, there's literally nothing around aside from lakes and, and open areas. The state troopers are brown and white. Ew. Who would have a police car or trooper colored that that color? Like, ew, no. Like, it just caught me off guard. But uh, I'm going to have to do some online shopping. I also have to order my G Fuel because I'm running out. And we will see what the Fargo Dome, which is apparently the name of the stadium. I don't know whose stadium. Baseball team, local baseball team, maybe a college team, University of Dakota. I have no idea whose stadium is the Fargo Dome. But that's where the race starts and finishes, and that's where the expo is too. So that's where we're heading right now, on route to the expo. And as I'm getting to completing all the states, I'm planning my next, my next goals, and and you know what I want to accomplish. As you all know, the majors, I got all six majors already. And recently there's been talks of expanding the field with partnership with, you know, this Chinese group um, that's going to expand the majors to nine, three extra races within the next 10 years. Um, We still don't know who the candidates are, but there's speculation going around. And... Hopefully, nothing's going to be announced anytime soon. It's going to take at least three years to start the bidding process for the cities to get the marathons possibly, you know, out there. So that would allow me to get my six-star finisher medal this October in Chicago. But it does make me wonder. It does make me try to figure out Who's going to get added 
And have I done these races or are these races I'm going to have to do? Also, another one of my goals is one per continent. So as, as I've said, what constitutes a continent? Are we doing five or are we doing seven? So I'm planning all these races. So I've done Asia, I've done Europe, I've done North America. If we're counting North and South America, I would have to do one in South America. Obviously Africa and Australia. And then possibly Antarctica if we want to include that. And maybe the polar circle. There is a polar circle marathon. It's actually somewhere in Greenland. You have to fly to Copenhagen, Denmark, and then they fly you over to Greenland. So um, that one's in October. And as I'm researching all these races, they get to be like these races that I have to do to get one per continent are kind of expensive. They're not cheap. Like, I was looking at the Australia ones. Like, they have... The two the two options I wanted was a Gold Coast Marathon close to Brisbane and then the um, the Ocean Road Marathon. It starts in Lorne and then you run up to Apollo Bay. But, it, it, you know, that's a two-hour drive south of Melbourne. And flights to Australia are not cheap. Man, it's like 2000 bucks. I mean, kudos to... Thornberry for coming over here as much as he does. Shit. Like, imagine just 2000 bucks just to be there for a week. Ugh. Drive me nuts. But, yeah, no, that's the... That's the thing. And then the Africa race, I want to do the big... Uh, the big five marathon, which is the one in the Sahara... In, uh, in the safari, where you get to run with the rhinos. That's the one I want to do. And there's a few other key ones I'm going to do, like the Great Wall of China one, where you run along the, the Great Wall. I mean, I've done Asia, but I still would want to do that one. Um, Polar Circle, you know, it's on the bucket list. The Antarctica one, oh, Lord, that one, it's going to cost at least ten grand, And that one's going to be rough. I, I'm planning it. But I'm still not 100% sold on the idea of doing it. Uh, we'll see how things go. Never say never, as I've learned with all these running of, running of marathons. The one in South America I want to do is the Valparaiso Marathon in Chile. It is flat. It's along the coast. Um, and it would allow me to stay at that resort that's got the wide open pool. Biggest lagoon in South America. That'd be nice. That one's in August. I actually thought it was around December, but I guess it's in August. Uh, so I can I can plan for that. And um, the the speculation on which marathons are going to be added to the the majors now. The main front runners are obviously Paris is is the main front runner. I've already done Paris, so if they include Paris as one of the extra three, I'm all I'm all for that. But there are talks of you know maybe having Shanghai or Beijing added because you know the partnership is with a Chinese company. I would have to do one or the other because I haven't done either or. They want to add one in Africa, so there's talks of either Cape Town in South Africa or possibly Nairobi. But again, these these cities like Shanghai and Beijing have a lot of air pollution. They would have to figure something out. 
in order to even be considered. Cape Town and Nairobi, same thing. They would have to, like, make the race bigger. Uh, but, you know, it, it's got me thinking, like, should I do Cape Town as opposed to the Big Five Marathon and just save the Big Five Marathon for whenever? Like a safari excursion, vacation trip as I get older. Once I'm a established attorney. Um, if they add one in Australia, I'm going to have to figure out which one. Um, Dubai is also mentioned as a possible contender. That one will be on a Friday in January. I mean, again, flights, you got and you got to plan a lot for these races. Like a flight to Dubai is not cheap. A flight to Australia is not cheap. A flight to Shanghai is not cheap. Flight to even Chile, a flight to freaking Chile or Buenos Aires, which is how you would do the Antarctica one. You would fly to Argentina and then they boat you over to the continent. Those flights, you have to like get a flight out of Miami, New York, and coming from Columbus, you got to connect. It's a lot of planning. A lot of funds going to this. It's at least a thousand, fifteen hundred bucks per race. The Polo Circle one, the flight to Copenhagen, and then the stay in the Polo Circle. If you get the packages, I mean, yeah, they're beneficial, but the, again, those are anywhere between a thousand to like two thousand bucks, and some require a deposit. If you go through marathon tours. So I got, I'm starting to think, you know, plan ahead. And I would say that takes precedent, precedent over what I was going to do, which is kind of figure out, like, once all of that is done, should I do one in each European country or one in each Mexican state? Because I was planning the, the either or two as, like, another goal to have. But that would require, again, flights to Mexico are, like, 500 bucks minimum. And depending on which state in Mexico, you'd have to fly and then carpool, bus, rent a car. And it's just, and not every state has a marathon in Mexico. There's a few that don't. European countries, again, which European countries are you counting? Are you counting the small ones like Monaco, Gibraltar, all those? Are those added? Those are technically, you know, some are considered states, some are not. Depending on who you ask But again A flight to Europe And connecting to these places You know It's going to take at least Vacation days Two Minimum And then about 500 to a thousand dollars per flight So it's not It's not easy And it does take a lot of planning So That is something we're working on Mexi Running Incorporated or Supermax Industries Are Constantly Planning and thinking And I get asked a lot It's like how do you do it Like how are you able to afford it It's just It's planning and budgeting That's all it is I could have flown directly to Fargo Flown To Bismarck, North Dakota Through Minneapolis And then A little charter plane over to Fargo But that would have been like 600, 700 bucks Whereas a direct flight to Minneapolis And then renting a car 350 was the flight and then the rent car is costing me 75 so for 200 bucks less I'm taking care of business so yeah and actually Emily it's kind of it's kind of funny because every time I go on these trips the uh, the two ladies I'm seeing Emily and, and Ashley always reach out to me 
talk. Go, good luck. So Emily called me during her lunch hour and she goes, how do you have a cousin in every state? I'm like, I don't. It just, see, Mexican families are different. Like we, we're bigger and we consider like people who Americans don't consider relatives, we do. So like, for example, we call cousins first and second cousins and like, okay, so my mom's and my dad's brothers and sisters and their cousins and their offspring are my cousins. So like my mom and my dad's brother and sister are my aunt, first uncles and first aunts. And then if they have cousins, then those are my second uncles and second aunts. And then their kids will be my second cousins. So my cousin Connecticut, he is technically my second cousin because he's my mom's cousin's son. The one, my cousin lives in Mason, Ohio. She's an actual cousin because she's my mom's sister's kid. And she's related. She's the sister of my other cousin in D.C. So they're actual cousins. And the cousin I'm staying with in Minneapolis, he's my mom's brother's son. Oldest son. So he is an actual cousin too. Just FYI. But yeah, Emily was like, oh, it kind of seems that... uh, you have a cousin in each state. No, I just... I will say... It's not about having a cousin in each state. It's about knowing people in each state. They can be relatives. They can be friends. Friends of friends. As long as you know someone that you can crash with... That's that's the plan. It saves you on hotel. Sometimes you even have to be the sexless innkeeper. Well, Mexi, what is the sexless innkeeper? You may ask. Well, it's where you... And that's why Bumble is useful. You start swiping and then you match up and then you go meet up at a bar and then you, you, you hit it off, start fooling around. But then you don't play easy to get. You play hard to get. And you make up an excuse like, oh, I'm too drunk. Or in my case, running marathons. Oh, I never, I never have sex the night before a race. Which allows me to perform the sexless innkeeper to a T. So, I've crashed at random chicks I've met for races many times. Like, if I'd gone to Maine, I was going to crash with Michelle. A friend of Brittany, the runner, who we met up at Boston. But I'm not going. Again, she would have gone drunk. She would have been like, oh, let's let's do this and this and that. Like, um, I can't have a race tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. And since I already had that Monday off, I would have gladly fooled around or had sex with her after the race. See, after the race, you can allow yourself to taste the goods and fall victim to temptation. Because sometimes the sexless innkeeper, you know, the person that is hosting they're not always you know a 7, 8, 9 or 10 sometimes it's all dirty deeds and so you definitely want to have an excuse for the, to perform the sexless innkeeper and just crash at their place without them feeling like you're using them the race excuse is perfect I've used it in Toronto 
I've used it in New York. I've used it in Boston. I've used it in LA. I mean, it works. And that's just, you know, again, this is why I don't understand how people like Derek Murphy who want to investigate and catch people for, um, you know, doing things that he considers not so nice to run a marathon. I mean, bib swapping is one thing. Bib copying is another. Those I don't agree with. Like how, And but at the same time, for the races that are that important and the majors, how can you let that happen? How is security not able to tell a fake from a real like nobody is that good at copying bibs but then again bib mules again I don't it's not something I think is good but if you know if I'm injured and I want to hand my bib to a friend so he can run the race you know and he gets to keep the medal or you know gives me the medal because it was technically my race I don't see it that, that being a violation I don't see like Starting in a faster corral just because I want to be ahead of the pack as opposed to all the way in the back. See, those kind of things I don't see as terrible. I, I think there's worse things than that. Like, there's many things you could do to want to run a marathon, to want to finish a goal. And sometimes dirty deeds are necessary. But there, I do draw a line. But in... But some of the things that I consider to be taboo, others don't, like walking during a marathon. Especially alternating walking and running. And walking an insane amount of the race. That I don't agree with. Another one is um, freaking signing up to do the marathon and dropping to the half distance. Whether it's allowed or not allowed. You still, I mean, if the race doesn't have a different medal, you're still basically cheating the system. So how is that not taboo in people's eyes? It's taboo in my eyes. And I've mentioned it before. So I'm just throwing that out there again. Fargo's supposed to be flat tomorrow. We will uh, bring you in another episode the results and the rest of the trip from Minnesota. Because again, I'm basically staying in Fargo, North Dakota one night and not even 24 hours. Enough to do the race, sleep, do the race, come back immediately, drop the car off back at the airport, hang out with my cousin. Which, by the way, again, another thing that I must bring up and I, it drives me nuts that I bring it up every time because it happens that often. So my cousin invited me to this, to, 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 Come see him. He told he gave me his number. I messaged him. He's on business for work. Like he's he's on a on a business trip for work. So he's in Costa Rica. So he wouldn't even be there. I'm like, okay, so what if what the fuck, dude? Are you does that mean you're not hosting me? Like what what's going on? Oh no, my wife and kids are there. Okay, so that's kind of weird. Okay, all right. Like I I mean I've met him. I met the wife. I don't think he had kids. Last time I saw him, I mean, it's been years since I've hung out with him. Um, again, due to my mom's family ties and their issues. 
But I'm like, okay, well, I'll let them know when I'm there and we'll see what's up. At least, at least he's okay enough to like, even though he's not there, to be nice about it and be like, okay, well, hey, you can still stay at my place because that's the way Mexicans are. I appreciate that. But, you know, but again, a little heads up. Like, it's not like you didn't know I was coming. And then this trip came up and the only reason you're notifying me is because I put up a Facebook post saying that I was arriving in Minnesota. Oh, yeah, duh. You know, just just a heads up would be nice. A heads up. That's, that's the theme of today. A heads up would be nice. So we're arriving in Fargo. Um, that is all we have for you today. Hope you enjoyed episode 77. Again, like I said, stay tuned. We'll soon have these on iTunes. Uh, again, check me out on the YouTube channel, Supermax. The episodes are currently and always will be on SoundCloud. Supermax is the channel. Maxi Mind Matters, episodes 1 through 77 will be there and counting. If you have any questions about the podcast, any ideas, any comments, shoot me messages on Facebook, Alex Ferrari, aka the Mexican, at Super Asshole Mex on Twitter, Snapchat Super Mex. And if you are worthy enough to have my number, just send me a message. Let me know what you think. Maybe next episode on 78, we'll do a Q&A as we discuss how Fargo went. So that is all what we have. You guys stay safe over there. As always, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is Mexi Mind Matters with Mexican. Coming to you from Fargo, North Dakota. Take it easy. Peace out.